How many stoners does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't fucking know. What's up, y'all? Welcome to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. I am your host, Kyle Shutt, and I came here for one reason this week, to talk to my good friend Juan Montoya from Torch and Monstro and his new band, Moon Destroys. We're going to hear a new song from them later. All these conversations have been super fun to record. I'm basically just calling up everybody in my uh, in my contacts list and well, just hearing what they have to say. And I hope you're all enjoying it. If you like what you hear, if you give us a follow or subscribe on the YouTube page, that helps us out a lot. And if you, uh, you want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway and you can get rad perks like get yourself a shout out on the show or get a postcard from me in the mail. Or you could even be like Ryan Kurt and join the six pack shout out club. He put a six pack of beer in my fridge this week and I can't thank him enough for it. But I'd love to give a shout out to some of our other patrons like David Moore, Marta Peterson, Colton Waite, Dan Percival, and Campbell Swanson. We couldn't do what we do without y'all. We really appreciate it. We've also got to give some mad love to our sponsors, Heil Sound. If you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. Now, I could talk about everybody that I love all day, but uh, I'd rather talk to Juan. You know, why don't we, why don't we just do it his way this week? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know we're going to do things my way. The Highway. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, Kyle. Pleasure talking to you, man. What's going on? Hell yeah, Juan Montoya, one of my favorites of, of all time. Uh, from Torch, uh, Monstro, Moon Destroys, too many. Yeah, projects. it's fun. You, you've been in sometimes, too many bands, Juan. Like Tony Montana says, sometimes it's fun. <laughs> That's a, a true Florida uh, quote too. Um, but yeah, man, um, are you are you still I'm in, in Miami, Florida right now, or are you back in the Atlanta? weather? It's really it's really cool oh, at nice. night, and uh, I bet I just kind of stay home. And luckily, I have a big backyard, so. You know, and the neighborhood I'm in, I just cross the street and it's like, it's a really calm, calm, uh, you know, nice houses, calm people, you know, people just walking their dogs. There's no crazy cars running through the neighborhood. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It sounds, it sounds I just want to stay away from people at this point. I like that. You know, I'm kind of laying low. People aren't, <laughs> people are not taking care of themselves. Man. I think everybody does. It's, it's easy. Just either stay yeah. home or wear your goddamn mask. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> that, and, and then we'll be able to be play shows. We'll That's be always able been to play my shows rule, rule number one of all. I'll be happy yeah. again. I can't wait. It's a I'm I'm such a long game kind of guy. I, I I always used to plan my life out, you know, like six months ahead of time and just sort of like keep that ball rolling. But it's impossible these days. Uh, I just have been forced to live one day at a time, which uh, I, I I guess has been good for well, me. Well, I mean, you're a uh, you're a father. Um, but, yeah, I'm a father too. Oh, we're going through that. I know. We're going, we're we're going through oh something. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't always that way. Oh man, we used to we used to tear it up, have a good time. Let's talk about that, man. Because um, uh, being in, I want to talk about Florida as far as music goes, because Florida's it's a very big state, whole lot of people there. But it's you know it's it's extreme. It's very far removed from most of the country, and it's very difficult for most touring bands to get down there on a regular basis you know like i mean the sword we killed ourselves on tour but we would only make it to florida maybe about once every what felt like three or four years or something like that and we would you know go in as, as and get 
as much as we could done. But um, Florida is one of those states that everybody's. Anytime you announce a, a tour routing, everyone's like, "Oh, you skipped Florida." Every, every, everybody oh, skips Florida. You know, but, uh, everybody what was it Florida. like? Um, Florida. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. There's nothing going on. You know, <laughs> Miami. If you want to take a vacay and uh, you know, hang out by the by the pool or by the beach, have some drinks. I mean, it's pretty much a, a vacation spot. It's not really like. You know, the culture here is like everybody coming to visit, but it's not really like, you know, the, it's not really, uh, you know, there's the land culture was a super cool. But for rock and roll, it's a little bit uh, a few bands, one nightclub that really plays rock music. And uh, and that's it. You know, most bands of, over here, they, they try to move up and uh, and get on the get on tour, you know, get on the road and try to experience the outside you know the outside states which have a little bit more going for them musically it's it, it makes for a great show environment though because every time we did make it to florida every show was a banger and people just went ape shit that, totally hungry, definitely man. people that are it's hungry like, for it down there it's like the sword playing in town is like the 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 highlight of the year for most people you know I think the closest we ever made it to to Miami was Fort Lauderdale, right? The culture, the, culture, the room. culture club. Yeah. Is that what it was called? That place is set room? up kind of weird. That used yeah. to be like an old school discotheque back in the days. So Miami did have a scene back then, but it was mm-hmm. like a dance scene. It's everything that stemmed from like the Bee Gees to uh, to um, you know Casey and the Sunshine Band and all that stuff. And then in the sixties, late sixties and early seventies, it did have a cool soul like. Uh, almost like a Motown sound that was really cool. And part of that uh, that scene was uh, the artist that most people know as, as Blowfly, but his name is uh, Clarence Reed, and he had he had really beautiful songs, like yep. Motown, beautiful ballads and funky songs. But then when he did Blowfly, he turned into like a freak, a freak at night. And uh, he, he dressed... Yeah, love, for most people, I, I don't know who he, who he is. It's this guy who had a, a soul career, and then at night he would do like these after-hour shows, dressed like in this superhero outfit, but there was like a, like blowfly. So he had antennas and a mask, and and it was he was like the original dirty rapper, you know. And this is this way before um, totally Twilight crew. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, like decades before. Yeah, I mean, like uh, blowflies, ABCs. And uh, there's there's shitting off the yeah. dock of the bay. So like. that guy, so that guy had that cool career back, oh my God. back in the uh, in the seventies, sixties, seventies, and then in the eighties and nineties, it kind of like he kind of got a little bit of old. He got old. Um, he also sold his rights because he needed money. He sold his uh, all his uh, publishing, and dude, it's crazy because. Now there's acts like Beyonce who are sampling his music and he's not getting it. He didn't get a cut. He passed away a, a few years ago, but he never mm-hmm. got a cut from that. Yeah. You know, like the world, one of the world's biggest artists is sampling his music and, uh, and you know, yeah, he sold it for like 30 grand or 50 grand back then. Just so he could go. There's so many stories like that too of like yeah. artists like that that just sold it. But he's definitely one of the best artists here, and yeah. of course the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees are, uh, they live like probably like 15 minutes away from me. You know, I just crossed a bridge and I'm on the beach, and uh, 
you know, Barry has his house over there. He's the last remaining brother. And, uh, man, super nice guy. I know him and his son. And uh, Stephen Gibb, who played with uh, with uh, Sack Wild. And he also played in Crowbar. Stephen Gibb's son is... is Yeah, Barry Gibb's son is Stephen what? Gibb. Are you serious? played in all those heavy bands. He's a metalhead. Yeah. So I had no idea. That's that's what's cool about Miami. That's what I really like. Some of the older music. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I, I guess, I don't know if this is true, really, but, like, the lack of, I think, a big rock scene there made the rock bands there very extreme. Because you got bands like, you know, Asuk or uh, Iced Earth and then Floor from, you know, from those days. And then uh, it just, all, all that whole scene of bands was just super extreme. Uh, death, yeah, was death. death was from there. Am I wrong yeah. about that? The other Death, yeah. not, not Tampa the Bay, old, old death. Tampa Bay but, Death, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but even like between you know Marilyn Manson coming from out of Miami and everything like that, it's just everything from Florida yeah, is just it's, super it's, extreme. It's pretty cool. It had it has its moments, you know. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of hidden gems from down here. There was a band called Quit, who I felt they could have been like Green Day. You know, they were a melodic band who kind of sounded. I don't know if you ever got into Doughboys from Canada. They had that sound. They were also they also sounded like all. No, descendants. no. Yeah, I didn't even touch on the punk side of Florida too, because that everything out of Gainesville and all that yeah, kind of stuff cool. is just so yeah, quick, it was just so much. If you guys could, there. you know, get a chance, check them out. Super, uh, you know, kind of kind of poppy, you know, pop, poppy power power pop. I guess you could call it power pop, you know. And uh, and then there was Jobber now that was great, and then uh, of course Discount. Discount, the singer of Discount, I forget her name though, Alyssa, I think, she ends, she ended up playing in the Dead Weather with uh, with that guy, oh, yeah. you know, that guy, White Stripes guy. <laughs> Jack White. <laughs> yeah, goth boy. Oh, God. Goth boy. Um, what was I going to say, too? Uh, but um, uh, Judd Judd, too, was from Oh, Florida. yeah, yeah. I think that was Steve Heritage uh, uh, from Asuk. I think he recorded uh-huh. that. And, and if you've never, if nobody knows what Judd Judd is, it was just two guys that literally just went Judd 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 Judd. Judd. <laughs> it was completely acapella grindcore. Yeah, they did. I think they did everything. <laughs> did they do solos or just the rhythms? Oh yeah, yeah, like wheelie wheelie wheelie. Yeah, it was. The shit was crazy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, Florida, but you, uh, but you were into Kiss. Into Kiss? Hell yeah! Yeah, still into Kiss. Oh man. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, one of my favorite bands. I've never got to see them. Oh, you never. But uh, did it, I know? Didn't you play with them? Those things. You come. No, we were supposed to do a festival uh, one time, and uh, the Canadian border denied our entry, and so I was unable to see Kiss at the uh, Heavy Montreal Festival, and I will never let Canada forget that. Oh, but that's man. fine. I'm I'm over it now. But yeah, that was my one my one chance I would have got to see him. We toured so much back in the day. I I didn't really get a chance to see many other shows i got to see a lot don't get me wrong but there was a, there's a handful of things that i never got to see that i wish i would have yeah like like when i was touring all the time i remember when we were in europe my bloody valentine were in the states and then when we came back then they went back to tour europe and i never, and i haven't seen them at that time i didn't see when they reunited till like a little bit later on mm-hmm. but uh man it was cool i finally got to see them in new york i flew up to new york to see them and it was cool. It was super loud, and 
I was gonna say it's one of the loudest shows I've ever seen. Just like to the point where like I could feel my chest, like I, I could like feel the sound waves like going through my body. Like, good lord! Yeah, man. And imagine <laughs> like I saw them also in uh, in 1991. They played Orlando right next to the Sapphire Supper Club, which um, I think we played together in Orlando one time. I believe it was there. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. And, but shows. I saw them open up for Dinosaur Jr., man. It's crazy. It felt it felt like they were super loud, My Bloody Valentine, but it, then it, it, it uh-huh. felt like, you know, Jay Masses ended up having to turn up his guitar louder just to outplay them, you know? So yeah, it's it always, was... Because that's a loud band, too. Yeah. Dude, it, I mean, they're loud, but at that point, they were, like, hearing damage loud. <laughs> the last time I saw Dinosaur Jr., Jay Maskus had three Marshall stacks as his rig, and then he had a Fender Twin pointed at his head as a monitor. Yeah, man. It was just, like, fucking ridiculous. Um, man, that guy, and, that uh, guy think, must hear crickets throughout the night trying to go to sleep, just like <laughs> like frequencies just popping. Bing! <laughs> yeah, you know, like, my God, my God. Cool. But um, let's get back to... Um, so when I first met you, because uh, I I I can't remember what the first show was, but it was Torch was on. It was Tampa. Your first Tampa, album. The, we were on our first album, the Tampa Skate Park. Tampa Skate That's Park. That's right. And uh, Damn, yeah, you, you guys brought along uh, Tarantula AD. Is that right? That's right. And dude, it was cool, man. Because first of all, them opening up, I think they opened up, and they were awesome. So it was it wasn't like a tour that one of the bands was kind of weaker than the other. Everybody was right. sick. Everybody was really We were all cool. super different from each other, too. Yeah, like, Trench AD, if, if y'all at home don't remember, they were uh, they were a, a, a trio, but uh, one of the members played the cello or the violin or anything kind of, like, stringed like that. Uh, the other guy, Danny. the singer, played play guitar. Yeah. yeah, Danny and Sonder, who, who they both do uh, um, soundtrack work now. They did the, the score for Ozark and, and a couple other things. But um, the, the drummer, Greg Rogov, uh, he went on to do a bunch of stuff with Devendra Banhart, like uh, Megapus and stuff. So they were a really fucking talented trio that just played really super unique, like cinematic uh, rock music, I guess you could call it. It was just really, they were so... Yeah, they leaned then, towards you know, the, Floyd more yeah. than, than Black Sabbath, you know? Totally, absolutely. They were like, the, yeah. they, they had the, like, the super slow, mellow, trippy songs that were great, man. Great songs. Mm-hmm. And... uh I remember the drum set had a the drummer had a great um, drum set that was like multicolored vista. How do you say vista light? It was a vista light, but I think it was um it was I m- I might be wrong, but I think it was like the sample kit because like the old vista light dealers would drive around with a drum that was like every color of the rainbow, and it was so that you, so the dealers could see each color that they could buy. But the sample kit was the one that had every color in it all the way down. Like I think he had one of those. And it was just like, yeah, just bizarre Trump kit. Yeah, and with Danny on cello, and I think Sander had like a double neck guitar. Uh-huh. And they were just yeah. really like a, nice guys. Yeah. Really guy, nice mm. guys. And, uh, dude, yeah, that Tampa show was cool. And, of course, that's where I met ASG, and I'm still very good friends with, with the guys. God, they were on that tour, too. That's right. They weren't, that, that was kind of before ASG was like, um, had more of like a stoner kind of heavy band. They were more of like a street punk kind of band at the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. I think I think after that tour, they were influenced by all of us, you know. I think and so all too. Of us were influenced <laughs> by them. So that's a cool part about touring is that mm-hmm. you know, 
after after you do a long tour like that, you know, and hearing hearing each other's music every single night, it just it's then when you start writing your own music, you could the influence starts coming in. You know, it's hard not to, you know, because uh, uh, you. I mean, I've toured with a few of your bands too. We're like, um, it was uh, us, uh, Monstro, and the Caius Lives reunion, and that was uh, another one where you just like, you, you know, you, you play forty shows with Caius. You know, you just can't help but like kind of get into that funky kind of groove. Dude, I know, man. I, you know, that's when I bought myself uh, some uh, sh- shakers, <laughs> shakers and tambourines and stuff like that, and I started braiding my hair. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but yeah man oh, I mean yeah. seeing uh, what's the bass player again I can't believe I forgot his name oh well it was Nick Oliveri in the States yeah and uh, Scott Reeder did the Canadian Scott Reeder's uh, a great guy and uh, yeah. yeah dude and uh, Nick he had that element of danger all the time he was like super that nice that was right after yeah, it was right after his home got raided by the SWAT team in L.A. And, like, we were like, is this tour happening? I don't know. And then it it, it was fine. He just couldn't go to Canada. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you never knew what was going to happen around that dude. Yeah, he had he had this intense look. Like, on stage, he was like a god on stage. Because he would stand mm-hmm. there with his bass super low. And then his, you know, his eyebrows were, like, intense. And his eyes were, like, looking into the, the heart of, you know looking into the heart not of darkness but like just the fucking the weird kingdom the fucking the trippy kingdom yeah. I, I blew his mind one time because uh, he uh, he was he, he liked the sword and he would watch us play or watch our soundtracks or whatever and uh, one day after soundcheck he came over to me and he goes man y'all sound like Leonard Skinner on speed and I looked at him I said Nick Leonard Skinner was on speed yep <laughs> just you can see his brain like folding half. yep another Florida band <laughs> like, another Florida like, band what? Leonard yeah. Skinner that's right the Florida that's band that's right those guys were awesome yeah but Nick Nick I mean he just was on stage and he stood there and just like he destroyed the place man that guy that guy sounds he played great. two uh, yeah two refrigerator cabinets like two ampegs on their sides you know what I mean? So it was just a, a wall of low end coming up from that dude. He had a killer tone too. Yeah, man. It's like a fucking monster, monster truck mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. side of the stage. And the guitarist that was touring with him, he was really cool too, man. Yeah, Bruno. We we'd always uh, uh, hook up with him whenever we would go to Belgium. He was from Belgium, so anytime we would play Antwerp or whatever, he'd always come out and we'd party and have a good time. Man, has he has he been in the states recently? I don't know. The last time I saw him, I think would have been on the high country tour that would have been 2015 so it's been a minute god dang man six years <laughs> he was really good man he had a, a good feel and for he was like a one of those jimmy page kind of calm quiet guys and then he would just mm-hmm. tear it up man really cool sound he played played less pauls which i dig totally and uh you know did he also play an sg or just a less paul uh i think he just played the less paul he had like the three pickup Les Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, but, uh, that, that was a fun tour because, um, you know, most bands drive around in, you know, vans or, or, or bandwagons or whatever, bigger bands, or, or if you just want to spend all your money, you can get a bus. But Monstro bought a, a Winnebago and gutted the whole thing and, and, uh, yeah, did, did a tour like that. How was that, man? Man, it was pretty cool because my experiences touring before Monstro was, you know, four or five dudes piled up in a van with all the equipment inside the van, like a cargo van. And we kind of mm-hmm. like, 
we had a whole full stack in between. We pulled out the first front seat, the first the first row, and then we lay flat, and then we used that as a bed. And yeah, it was like sardines in a can. It was crazy. Yeah. It was just like you get so agitated because someone's so close to you all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have any personal space. You know, your personal bubble is always bursting. And uh, yeah, so then you know, Kyle and and Charlie and Bevan, who played in Monstro with me, those guys are like six, two, six, four. All they were of, tall dudes, yeah. Yeah, and, right. I, and I felt like the Kurt Cobain next to Chris, Rosa, <laughs> you know, because I'm shorter, and I'm like, God, these guys. So of course they can't tour in a in a in a smaller van, uh, you know, van because it's just like impossible. They they wouldn't be able to do that. So they get, you know, Kyle's from the south, so they go camping a lot. So he ended up getting in, you know, and we toured with it, which was cool. But then he also. Uh, you know goes with his family and they go camping so he gets he still has it i don't know if he has it he might have because oh, okay. he ended up joining hell yeah and i think they Vinny, at the time had his own um tour bus company mm-hmm. so they just went on that and i think he just sold it but it was cool man it was nice it was nice to have a bathroom in there and uh but unfortunately, it you know it always smells bad no matter what. Like you know, <laughs> so even someone taking a leak, it's just like you smell it all over. And I'm like, oh man, it's just like you're That's eating a sandwich tour- and then you smell that. <laughs> it's uh, like kind of it's kind of funky. But it was cool, man. It was cool. The only thing is that you know parking was always hard. And when we traveled, we yeah. usually left after the shows with Monstro, so we didn't really stay up and party and stay in someone's floor we stayed in the in the rv which was a lot more comfortable and then uh you know we would find a a walmart or something and we could park in the walmart because all these truckers could park outside of walmarts and we just slept there and then you know woke up and grabbed something to eat at walmart which you could save a little bit more money because when i did the, the the tours with torch those guys uh they would stop and they would get Taco Bell every fucking day, man. It drove me fucking nuts, man. It's either, you know, because two of the guys were vegetarian and that was like the only thing they could eat. But I'm like, dude, uh-huh. you know, when I, when I started touring with Monstro, we already figured out that, you know, he took, Kyle ended up taking um, a grill, like a small grill with him. So we would go to Walmart, buy real food and eat real food. And that was great. I'm like, damn, I'm finally in a fucking band. <laughs> right, right. The sword only did that one time. We uh, the first time we played Bonnaroo, uh, we rented a one of those like cruise across America RVs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and bought a little Weber grill, and uh, I, yeah, we just stopped at the, uh, whatever Albertsons I think in Memphis, like right on the way uh, to to Man- Manchester, Tennessee. Yeah, and just like hung out at Bonnaroo for a few days, just ate a bunch of drugs and. Made a bunch of cheeseburgers all the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> so the best. It, it is fun. The best. It is the best. Especially Bonnaroo I had a, no had a cool uh, backstage area. Like, the weather was always nice around that time. And, uh, they dude, the catering was awesome. They had they had a juice machine. And at that time, I was juicing a lot. So, you yeah. know, I'm there drinking all these juices. And then I'm hanging out with London May from, from Sam Hain. And dude, I asked him. I'm like, because he that guy that guy does doesn't age. He's like a true vampire. And then I asked yeah. him. I'm like, dude, what's your secret, man? He goes, 
I don't eat meat and I don't do drugs. And uh and that's why he still looks like a like a thirty five year old and he's in his fifties, so There you go. Yeah. God Bonnaroo is so fun or, or massive festivals like that can be awesome because backstage like especially Bonnaroo or some of the more high profile ones, like there's just, you know, there's just random celebrities that'll just be hanging out like the Olsen twins or, uh, whatever. I remember, uh, tripping on acid, uh, and hanging out in the backstage area, looking at the porta potty line. And, uh, there was just like Ron Jeremy, Les Claypool, like <laughs> these like random mega super famous people, like all in line for the porta potty. I'm sitting there just tripping like, Oh, oh man, so Ron Jeremy, what a fucking fuck. What a fuck up. He fucked it all up. <laughs> oh he was God. like, it's funny cause but, uh, I would run into him when I would go to the rainbow bar in, uh, uh-huh. in sunset strip. And the dude was always like macking on some girl, trying to like, trying to hit on some girl all the time. And then I heard from like people that worked there, it's like he would take, like guys would take their wives up there for him to, uh, for them to give Ron some head, you know, just to just to say that my wife sucked Ron Jeremy's, you know, cock. <laughs> Damn. Just weird shit went on take, in that place, man. Takes all kinds, man. Yeah. Wow. But, no. <laughs> yeah, but. Bonnaroo, it was awesome. When we did Bonnaroo, we uh, we did it with uh, we were on the on the tour with Danzig, and he was doing the Legacy, the the Sam Hain and uh, and Misfit sets. So That's it was awesome. cool, and I became really good friends with uh, with Doyle. And dude, Doyle's such a nice guy, man. He looks intimidating, you know, mm-hmm. but he was super nice, man. I got to hang out. We watched Alice Cooper together, and he like. He picked me up and shook me because he was so excited. He was like, he shook me while he was singing the song to me, you know, face to face. Oh, my God. That's fucking badass. But, dude, yeah, the the tours that we did, the Caius tour was cool. And then, uh, you know. I I think one of my favorite tours that we ever did, you and I did together, was it was uh, the Sword, Torch, and Stinking Lizaveta. Oh, dude. You you introduced me to those guys. You were like... I know. If nobody knows who they are, Stinking Lizaveta is one of those bands that just, like, blew my mind when I was, like, 18 or 19 going to shows at Emo's. I don't even remember uh, who I was going to see, who they were opening for. I just remember seeing this band, like, uh, you know, a few times on the reg. They used to tour quite a bit more. And um, they're just, like, this freak-out jazz metal kind of thing uh the girl drummer cheshire she was uh, just awesome uh the and the two brothers that played um the bass player played like an electric stand-up bass and yanni um the guitar player singer I, they didn't really sing too much but um he, he just just wielded a les paul like a god i mean like they he did shit on guitar that just completely utterly blew me away and uh, i've definitely like ripped off a lot of my tricks from him over the years and uh us bringing them out on tour uh, with y'all it was just one of those like three band bills that you just it was just guitar devastation yeah man meeting them was definitely like a, one of my favorite things about being on tour you know um i just i i rooted for them every night i stood in front of them and i just like you know danced and fucking shook my head and fucking it was fucking cool man and you know what was also cool like another cool thing was that the drummer she would set up a yoga mat backstage and she would do yoga That's and right. this before most most i think anybody like the music or before influencers or anything like that like i have one friend that has done started doing yoga when she was 12 years old because she would watch it on pbs 
there was like right. somebody that taught yoga on PBS. And now it's like all these influencers are like, they think they're yoga spiritual people. And then they put on all these corny ass music behind their yoga. <laughs> it's like, it's like horrible, like going to a spin class or something. <laughs> but dude, yeah, she was doing it. And her, you know, from her, it was from the heart. I could tell, dude, it wasn't like trend. Absolutely. You know, she was like back there backstage doing it while everybody was smoking weed and drinking. And she's there like, in this fucking warrior pose and it was cool man and I should have done it with her because I would have probably like felt a lot better nowadays you know like my back my back's torn up from playing guitar dude and and, you know carrying a Les Paul or or an Explorer it just tears your back so yeah I should have done yoga I would have had a stronger back for all that I actually remember on that tour being so sick I um Oh, uh, yeah. The last show of the tour, it was uh, uh, Rudyard's in Houston, and the show was so hot. I thought I was going to die. Like, after the show, I had the uh, the club take me to the beer cooler so I could just sit in there so I could, like, physically cool down, and I, I didn't know what was wrong. So when I got home, I went to the doctor, and it turns out I had had a walking pneumonia for, like, the last week. Oh, I didn't man. know that was <laughs> – I had had pneumonia before, but I didn't know what walking pneumonia was, and I was literally on death's door. Damn, dude. Just like, yeah. Maybe I should stop drinking whiskey and, you know, like, hacking up Louis all the time. Uh, you know, I don't know. I should have taken a cue from her. <laughs> Be just a little healthier. But uh, that was a long time ago. That was a long, long time ago. Yeah, man. But uh, I also, also, but I also loved uh, Chicago when we played the Subterranean. That was cool. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, the backstage was like on the last floor of the building. It was like a multi. I was going to say, it's called the Subterranean, but it's the three flights of stairs up to the club. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, and then I, uh, I remember we were uh, we were smoking weed, and it was like a small little room that faced the whole strip, like you could look out the window, and it was cool, yeah, man. Uh-huh. It was cool. It was always cool to be in Chicago. I love that city. And uh, yeah, me too, man. And then we also did. Uh, what else did we do? We did that. Too, too many shows. I mean, I I can't remember them all. Uh, where did we play in New York? Was it like? The Will, the what Hall Webster? of Williamsburg, I think. Bowery, Bowery. Oh, or Music Hall. Was it still North Six back then? Maybe, or it might have yeah. just yeah, just sticks, changed over to sticks. Music Hall. Something like that. Yeah, New York. New but, York's uh, cool, man. I always did cool shit in New York too. It's like you play the show and then everything's up open late. So after you do the long mm-hmm, load yep. load loading or whatever, not the loading but the loadout. You know, everybody sometimes is, everybody's gone, but then you go to a bar and everybody's still there. It's cool. Mm-hmm. When you walk, we used to go to Duff's uh, back in the day, but when it was still on, I think like Second and Kent or something like that. The the, the original Duff's. Yeah, you introduced uh, me to the owner. Bar. The owner was some big dude. Yeah, old, old Jimmy Duff, man. He, he he drives around New York City in a hearse. Yeah, man. Just uh, smoking jays of dirt weed, like just constantly. Like the guy, he actually um, uh, we were hanging out in there one night. I don't know if it was when we were with y'all. It might have been. Um, he, he was like, Oh God, I love y'all Texas boys. And he goes, tell you what, hang on real quick. And he asked the bartender, he said, see that bottle of crown up there on the mantle, give it to me. And the bartender kind of looked at him like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, give it to me. So he takes this bottle of crown down. Top shelf, bro. And pop, top sh- top yeah, right, shelf. Right, uh, pops it open and he tells us, he's like, yeah, uh, hell yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry. It wasn't hell yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, damage plan came through New York 
uh, and uh, all the boys came over here afterward uh, to party, and uh, this was Dime's bottle of Crown. He was just drinking straight out the bottle that night, and he left it here uh, when, whenever they had to leave, and so I, I corked it and put it up on the mantle, and uh, like two weeks later, he got shot oh. and died, and he said that, that bottle had been up on that mantle ever since, and he, <laughs> because we were from Texas and he loved the sword, he took that bottle down and let us all take a little shot out of it, passing it around, so that was something really special. I'll, yeah, I'll man, that's cool. That's super cool. That's that's straight from, you know, that's very uh, spiritual, man. That's that's cool. That's another, that's a, that's a good vibe right there, man. For real, yeah. The, the bar did have to move, but it's still really cool. If anybody's uh, in Brooklyn right now, I don't know if it's open with uh, the state of the world, but uh, if it is, and, and you really need a drink, they, they do have a little patio. Just go down there and get you a little, <laughs> get you a little black tooth grin. Have a good time. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And also, uh, you know, play your hometown. Uh, you're in New York now, right? You're still in New York? No, I kind of, I, I bounced around. My, my story's a little crazy. Um, I, I was in Brooklyn for a little while. I moved back to Austin whenever I found out I was going to be a father. And I uh, thought I'd be saving some money, but I was dead wrong. Um, I ended up, uh, I don't know, I, I could talk about this for an hour at least. But um, this, the housing market in Austin is just crazy expensive. All the artists are getting priced out. So I bought a uh, an Airstream travel trailer, a 30-foot RV, and a truck. Uh, for you know a third of what a, a dump of a house would have cost me and uh, I just kind of hit the road uh, with the family after we had the kid well, our daughter was about 18 months old and we just uh, we took it all the way up the west coast up to a town in Oregon called Yahats that's awesome I hung out there for a little while that's it, it was great dude and um, I ended up uh, coming back to Austin because I was going to open a bar and uh, that was going to be sort of my you know, main income stream so that I could do music on the side because newsflash music doesn't really make a lot of money anymore. But, um, uh, and then I, I've said this before, but then COVID kind of wiped out our plans oh, to man. open that establishment. Yeah, it's horrible, and, man. um, so we hung out for a while. Uh, I'm actually, uh, in Savannah, Georgia right now. Um, uh, we just kind of, I, I, I couldn't stay in Austin anymore. Watching the whole city kind of evaporate, uh, was really heartbreaking. And, um, I mean, it's still, there but it's just not the same as it used to be and i spent you know almost 20 years of my life there so yeah i thought i would just get the hell out go somewhere beautiful and uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a more beautiful city than savannah georgia uh if you have to be stuck somewhere yeah man so, i would, uh, I would fortunately go, i got a home on wheels yeah and, i would go visit all the, all the time and then we would always play the jinx i think we played the jinx together in savannah we i think we did yeah you're right yeah that place was cool and, uh, well, it's not there anymore, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that was really, really good times uh, playing that. Yeah, club. it's a it's a romantic town. It is. Yeah, everybody goes there got, to get married too. Got the the Spanish moss just uh, you know blowing in the breeze. Uh, it's hard not to feel like you're in a magical place when Dude, you're but in then, Savannah, Georgia. But then there's the dark side, which is I know, I which like is it. Uh, it was Baroness and uh, and Black Kylesa and there. Black Tusk and Kylesa. Yeah, uh-huh. that's the dark side. Dude, one night it was so funny, man. We were uh, we were on tour with Baroness, and we played their hometown. And I think we stayed at uh, Summer's house. Summer lived with somebody else. I think the uh-huh. line or something like that. We stayed with them at their at, at their house, but they wanted to go out and party, and we were like exhausted. We were like ready to come home. I know it's kind of lame, but we were just sitting there in the place and. Uh, there was no AC, so we're there, and all of a sudden, like little by little, we realize, holy shit, we're fucking sweating. It's hot as hell. 
<laughs> and it's unbearable. Like we're looking at each other like in slow motion because it's just like incredibly hot inside the house. Even it's oppressive heat there in the summertime. Yeah. yeah. And even with the with the window open, it was still super hot. So what I did is I I grabbed my uh, my sleeping bag and I just went on the front porch, and I just tried to lay it out and sleep there. <laughs> But, you know, so I'm there like in the front of the house, but then all of a sudden, like, I realized that my whole sleeping bag was covered in, in cockroaches. The whole, during oh. the summer, it's just like cockroaches all over the city, man. Oh, my God. And mosquitoes, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, man. It oh was crazy. God. We kind of had to, like, just get up and kind of, like, with our tails between our legs and and, and say, yeah, dude, we're going to fucking just get a room this night. We're going to, because we oh. couldn't sleep, man. We were exhausted. It was the ending of a tour. Oh, God. It's one of those nights. Yeah, so that was that was that was funny as shit. <laughs> I, I held up the sleeping bag and I just shook it and you see tons of fucking cockroaches oh. fly out. Disgusting. Oh god, I know. Wow. Yeah, tour life. Not nearly as glamorous as most people think it is. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I feel like the jig is up these days. Most people know that it kinda it was it was a brutal existence. Well, but um that's what that's what gave us an edge. You know what I mean? It was extreme living. You know what I mean? It made you play more extreme and made you just better than every other band. And I think that's why our scene of bands, you know, that kind of came around after, you know, music videos weren't being played anymore, after, um, you know, iTunes sort of devalued record sales and that, you see, you know, all, all that. It was um, the thing that just kind of kept us all going. Yeah, I think was just that that nomadic life on the road. And, uh, and that life is not easy and it, it just makes you just grumpy and gruff and just better at what you do because you live for that show you put up with that whole you know 23 hours in between shows just to live for that one hour you get to play and um yeah there's nothing like it i miss it yeah man it was it was it was like levitating into another planet it it, it, it is it, it felt amazing like being on stage it feels amazing and uh mm. god damn i miss it so much i mean Everybody, every single musician that comes out of their mouth, they're like, God, I wish I could play, you know? I think it's cool that a lot of people are doing the the online, you know, like filming themselves and, mm-hmm. and the songs. You know, everybody's doing covers, which is cool. You know, like I heard uh, Charlie Bonatti do Red Barchetta, and that was fucking cool. Oh, damn, Yeah, really? Rush's Red Barchetta, and then... Uh, That's sick. And there's a bunch of people doing really cool Kiss covers, also, like old school Kiss covers, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of fun, but then you know, but then there's no massive party after the show. <laughs> I know there's no show. Yeah, there's no because I you know I've been uh, cranking out just some cover tunes just for fun too, just to kind of like just stay busy or keep my chops you know uh, up up to speed and, and things like that. And it's just it it can't compare. Don't get me wrong, I'm having fun doing it and everything, but God, I, there's nothing like just packing your bag, leaving your life behind, and, um, and hitting that open road. Yeah, yeah, man. I saw some some beautiful places. I, I, I you know meeting a lot of my heroes. And uh... that's it too. Is like it's it's um, the 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 I don't know. It's, it's, sometimes I would sort of be questioning my motivation to like keep playing music be like why am i am i still really in this to win it or like why am i still doing this and like the the it's if you stick with it the further you go along like you find yourself in the craziest positions you know where like you would never have been able to do that if you had like given up you know uh given up the game and stuff like that you know um 
just like whatever random crazy hero you get to meet or like hilarious like celebrity story you end up with or, or whatever it's just like um extreme living uh, kind of breeds those uh, extreme circumstances and um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world yeah you know being able to go to japan being able to go to italy being able to go to australia it's it's freaking crazy didn't you guys play in in russia with uh metallica we did. Uh, this, uh, I think it was the only time we made it to Russia. We played St. Petersburg with Metallica. That was a fucking crazy show because uh, the mafia was doing the security, and um, the to, to to sell your own or I guess to sell records or T-shirts in Russia, you have to the mafia has to print your CDs and your T-shirts and everything, and they get a massive cut of it. And I think it was like the merch cut was like eighty twenty. Like we got to keep twenty percent. And, you know, and we we're just like, it just wasn't even worth it. We were just like, you know what? For one show, fuck it. Let's just go play the show and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but there was I don't like know how to do a Russian voice, but I'm like, I'm like, crazy. great show, fellas. Hey, how about you give us the 300 of those CDs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 300 yeah, of those take Whatever you want, sir. Yes, sir. You guys got any uh, cassette the, tapes? I remember the, uh, the cops tried to confiscate pepper keenan's leather jacket just because they liked his jacket they're like give us your jacket it's like no you, you try to take pepper keenan's jacket they learned real quick that that ain't happening <laughs> oh man <laughs> fucking insane dude i know was it know. was it was the show kind of like like that old uh i saw footage of when uh metallica and black crows and who else there was somebody else oh that was the monsters of rock it was i mean the there wasn't a million people there or anything, but it there was about 40,000 people there and it was fucking crazy. Like people were like shooting off Roman candles in the crowd. This was an indoor arena show too. Oh. So like, yeah, like uh flares and, and Roman candles were going off. People like made their own flags and were waving them. Like, I mean, giant flags, like 20 by 20, like just huge flags. People were like waving on like, you know, 40 foot PVC pipes. Like, it, it was nuts, man. Uh, and everyone at the show left there just, uh, completely satisfied <laughs> with the experience. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it really was. And also, St. Petersburg too is just a beautiful city. Um, just very colorful. Uh, I, I, I guess it's mostly gray, but the things that are colorful are over the top colorful, like the Cathedral of the Resurrection and things like that. It's just a beautiful architecture and uh, just wonderful, wonderful city. Yeah, dude. What's what's the name of that Instagram? Look at this Russian. I don't know. I haven't seen that. Dude, it's the best, the best fucking uh, Instagram, man. It's fucking hilarious. First of all, it's like people driving and it's crazy. And then just how people get fucking plastered. Oh, man. It's it's insane. They You know, people are wrestling bears and everything like that. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll have to check it out. I'll, se I'll send you uh, a link, but, man. Uh, There's some fucking really yeah. good ones. Yeah, but um, but tell me, uh, tell me what you got going on these days, dude. I'm I'm playing with Evan De Prima, and uh, you know who played in Royal Thunder. But before Royal Thunder, we were doing an instrumental band called Stallone, and uh, that was a great band too. I love Stallone. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, man. We uh, you know, it was kind of like a side project while I was doing Monstro, and we played locally just so I could keep my chops up. And dude, it turned out to be something really cool. So then uh, after that, we were together for a little bit, and then uh, Evan joined Royal Thunder, which are a great band. And um, 
you know, he was doing that for a couple of years. And then I did uh, Killer Be Killed with Troy and Max from Sepultura. And uh, then we, uh, you know, he left Royal Thunder. And at that time, I was just, you know, kind of hanging out, waiting for the next gig. And, dude, we decided to get the band back together. But then we just, you know, we felt that the sound changed. And we just, you know, we recorded a bunch of tracks. Like, right away, it was it was cool because we did, like, a 30-hour practice when I went to visit him in, Tem- in, um, in Atlanta. At that time, I was living in Miami, and I just became a dad. So I got it, you know, I got, I got to go on a little break, go up there, you know, visit some of my favorite places, and then record. And within, like, a weekend, like a week, we already had, like, eight songs. So it was really cool. So awesome. yeah, so then you know we finally pieced it together, and we decided to ask a couple of friends to sing on the on the tracks. So the first person that sang on the track was Paul Masvidal from from the band Cynic, who also played in Death back in the day. And dude, the track's called Stormbringer, and it's it's a fucking jammer, man. It's super cool, and uh, and also Troy from Mastodon, Troy Sanders, he sang on a song called Blue Giant. So we put out an EP called. Uh, Maiden Voyage, and that's available through Brutal Panda Records. And dude, it's a really cool project, man. And right now we're in the process that's of writing some stuff, and uh, and we have uh, you know more tricks in our bag for everybody. Hell yeah, man! That's awesome, dude. I cannot wait to hear. Do you mind if we play a track from uh, from the EP? Yeah, man. You could play Stormbringer with Paul Musk without singing from it. Oh hell yeah! yeah. God damn it, Juan. You're one of my favorite people, man. Dude, I, I love you, so you too, much, man. Bro. I love you, man. <laughs> I, it's so funny because right now I'm like hearing your voice and I'm, you know, talking into a computer also. And I'm, I just feel like I don't know where to hug. I'm like, where did you give a hug? I feel like you're right here. Yeah. I know. One, one day. One day soon. We'd be hugging. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to hug you right to death, man. I promise. Definitely, man. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs>
Thanks so much for tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out.